We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. We got our way to win. It's simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3-1 twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one into Murray. Here we go. Ten seconds. Murray to Jokic. Jokic. What's up, Nuggets fans? It's your girl, Jenna Garcia, back with another episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast on the Denver Stiffs Network. Today's episode and all my episodes are brought to you by Play Maverick Sports. Check out the Play Maverick Sports book. Just go to your app store on any device and download Play Maverick Sports book. It's literally my favorite sports book when you're talking to new betters. It's so easy. The interface is really simple and easy to use, and I I find that it, I really like that on the opening page, you can literally just go to Colorado teams. Sometimes it's so hard to find the Nuggets games on other sportsbooks because they're just not prioritized, and I won't get on my soapbox about why they're not prioritized, but they're just not, but not on the Play Maverick sportsbook. It literally has a tab on the very home, on its homepage that says Colorado teams, and you can go straight to what games Colorado teams are playing. I love that feature, and Play Maverick Sportsbook is actually sponsoring a huge Super Bowl party up at the Grand Z Casino on February thirteenth, right after UFC two seventy one on the 12th. So I'll be up there for the 12th and the 13th for the Super Bowl party. There will be some ex-Broncos players, former Broncos players in the building for that party, and it's always a good time. There's food you can get um, into the VIP section where there's like a catered meal, Um, and of course it's really comfortable. There's plenty of spaces, uh, couches and spaces for you to sit with your group of friends and hang out. You know I'll be there um, hanging out and having a good time. Uh, The drinks are great. They're right by the craps tables too, so you can literally play craps or play blackjack and watch the game at the same time. And if you want to just hang out in the casino somewhere else, there's TVs everywhere, so you can always have your eyes on the game. It's going to be a really fun weekend, so please come up to the Grand Z Casino in Central City and check it out. I'm going to be there. It's going to be really fun. I promise you that much. And you know what? Maybe we'll we'll set a friendly wager on the game. Um, I'll say right now, I really, really, really want it to be San Francisco versus Bengals, but I kind of think it's gonna be Rams versus Chiefs. And um, and I and I like the Rams, I guess, but I kind of want the Rams to. I think I said this before on the pod or somewhere to maybe just to friends, but I want the Rams to lose just so that. The Cronkies can focus on the Nuggets. <laughs> but um, I suppose them winning could potentially bring more revenue into the to the Nuggets organization, so I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to it either. I do think they have the advantage since they'll be playing this week in their home stadium and the Super Bowl week in their home stadium. That's definitely a perk. But this isn't a football podcast. This is the Chicken Nuggets podcast. In case you thought you maybe have came to the wrong place, you are in the right place. This is the Chicken Nuggets podcast, and we're about to get into it. I'm recording this pod right after the Nuggets get their third straight win against the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. Their second win on the road, third straight win. They get a win here at home against Detroit before going on the road 
beating Detroit on the road, and then beating Brooklyn tonight. All three of these wins have been, I guess you could say, <laughs> tougher wins than they used to be. And I think that's just what we're going to have to accept moving forward, is that the Nuggets are at a point in the season when it is grueling. The dog days, um, shall we call it. Uh, it's been... You want to see the Nuggets beat a team like Detroit, and especially <laughs> a team like Detroit, who has like 11 wins, right? You want to see the Nuggets literally just blow that team out. And I just don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think we're going to see the Nuggets blow teams out for a little while. And that's because they're tired. It's uh, the dog days of the season. You're getting close to that all-star break, which is halfway through the season about. Um, and it's tough. It's tough, especially this year with COVID and everything that the players have gone through. A lot of players have had COVID and been in and out of the lineup I feel like the only player that we haven't seen have COVID is Jokic. Um, and I'm sure there are other guys, but that's just the guy that comes to my mind that hasn't. I feel like we've seen almost everybody else out with injury or with a or with COVID, in COVID protocols. Um, the Nuggets have lost a lot of guys. Michael Malone has had to be very creative with his lineups. He's at one point lost uh, Vladko. At one point, he's lost Will Barton. At one point, he's lost uh, Aaron Gordon. At one point, he's lost Jermichael Green. At one point, he's lost Jeff Green. At one point, he's lost Marcus Howard and Bones Highland and Nikola Jokic, if you remember back to that. <laughs> I think it was the very beginning of the season where I was very worried uh, he went out with a wrist injury. So Nikola was out for, in with, for injury, not for COVID. Um, and then there's a point where he's lost Monte. And of course, he doesn't have MPJ. Or Jamal. Um, and he's really just trying to work with what he has on the team. And I think that you have to look on those look at the silver lining or on the bright side of, of that situation. The fact that they've won three in a row when that's their situation is really positive. Um I know you look at guys and just the team other teams who are in the standings ahead of the Nuggets, like the Suns, for example, who are whooping up on Utah right now, although it looks like Utah's kind of coming back. Um, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, these are really, really good teams. Um, the Jazz, not that they haven't also had their slew of injuries and COVID outbreaks. In fact, the Grizzlies were in town last week going through a COVID outbreak quote-unquote outbreak I did quotes and you all can't see that so I'm gonna tell you quote-unquote outbreak um they they had Desmond Bay now and players who were major contributors to their team out of the starting rotation out of the rotation completely for for a few games and they still were able to get a win against the Nuggets and and so I'm not saying that the Nuggets are um I guess as good as the Grizzlies per se or they're playing as good as the Grizzlies or the Suns. Um, and I'm not saying that the Suns and the Grizzlies haven't gone through their own issues with injuries and um, and COVID, like every team has this year. Uh, what I am saying is that 
I don't think the Nuggets anticipating anticipated missing this many pieces, and I think that they're doing a pretty good job so far. Uh, since the last time we talked, we talked about how they um, added Bryn Forbes and Demarcus Cousins to this lineup, uh, to this rotation. I think my initial reaction to adding Bryn Forbes was that you know. Dude can shoot. Dude can shoot, and he should be contributing to this team more than he is so far. Uh, right now, he is shooting, let's see, tonight he shot two of six from the field and one for four from three. Last game against Detroit, one for four from three. Two games ago against Detroit, two for five, one for three before that against the Grizzlies, and that was his first game um, with the Nuggets. So, not he has not been as productive as we thought he would be and that's just out the gate you know i don't think we need to jump to a conclusion that he's not as good of a shooter as we know him to be his career stats say otherwise i think that Bryn is literally learning the the rotations learning the offense learning the defense in fact i got to see him warm up uh, just before his memphis game and he was just learning, you know, where to be during warm-ups and how they, the Nuggets do that. So I think there is some grace that we can extend to Bryn right now in this brief period. I do expect him to play better moving forward, um, especially shooting from three-point range. DeMarcus Cousins, on the other hand, um, didn't play in that Grizzlies game. He did warm up for it, and he was in the building for that Grizzlies game, but just didn't get in. Uh, since then, he has gotten about 12 minutes in the other three games, the two against Detroit and then tonight against Brooklyn. 12 minutes against Brooklyn, he had uh, 13 points and um, two three-pointers, two for three from three. Let's see, he had six rebounds, which is great, and he got ejected. So... He's also had a technical in the Detroit game. I think um, that's the big concern moving forward. And Michael Malone spoke to it after tonight's game, just that, you know, that he plans to hold Boogie accountable uh, for the, that he, he, I think his exact words or a paraphrase of those words were that, that as his coach and because Boogie knows that he loves him, that he's going to hold him accountable and that, it's important for Boogie to be on the floor, that they need Boogie to take those minutes um, to give Nikola Jokic a break. And it's important for him to be able to stay on the floor. So technicals are going to be unacceptable. Um, I personally think that second technical was trash, <laughs> to say it nicely. I think that uh, we really got to reframe what we think about this unsportsmanlike uh technical i i get it like yeah we don't want guys who are like spitting in each other's faces or you know causing violence on the floor by any means no but boogie barely got upset i've seen lebron do worse i've seen luca do far worse and nobody's tossing them from games um, there definitely is some bias against against Boogie. I think he has a reputation. Um, and I'm not afraid to say it. I'll call out the elephant in the room. 
he's bigger, stronger, faster, scarier than anybody on the court because of his size and because he's black. Let's just own that. They're scared of him. They clearly are scared. He barely tossed the ball against the floor and he got ejected from the game. I just don't think like a player complaining is a fair reason to toss a guy anymore because what he did was genuinely complain about the call. He made a face, he tossed the ball to the ground, and he was clearly upset, yes, but literally every given night in the NBA we see players who get upset and toss the ball and throw it at the ref and they don't get tossed from the game. So I just think that it needs to be reassessed. We need to call it out and identify it. And the referees need to be held accountable. I don't know what else to say, but we need to start holding the referees accountable. We hold players accountable. We hold uh, front office members accountable when tampering and things like that. We got to hold referees just as accountable. They are not above the law either. And there are some referees um, in that Grizzlies game, there was one referee who was calling the most petty technical fouls. Just petty bullshit technicals. You could not get on board with it. Nobody from either, like he even called one against Memphis and I was like, nah, you are just making stuff up now. And it's genuine, it looks to me like one of those um, control issues. <laughs> like I need to demonstrate that I have more power than you on the floor. So let me tee you up right now. And I hate that shit, like no. I'm not going to get on board with that. But overall, got to be excited for the Nuggets to have three back-to-back -back wins. Um, I do just want to comment on the win tonight against the Nets. The Nuggets did not look like they were going to be able to pull it out. I honestly was worried um, about about them being able to just keep this win up. The, the Nets closed the first half on a really good run, uh, but you got a really good game from Austin Rivers, who ends up finishing as a plus 15, the highest uh, on the team for the night. He shot two for seven from, or seven from t for, of 10 from three, excuse me, and eight of 11 from field goal range. And then, of course, you had Nikola Jokic, who was just consistent as ever. 26 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists. Just 2 assists shy of his 5th consecutive triple-double. That would have been ridiculous. Um, Will Barton comes back tonight. Has a good first quarter, but kind of peters out, I guess you could say. Or that's what I would say. Um petered out there a bit. He has struggled after taking breaks or, or being out of the rotation of the lineup for illness or COVID. He has struggled when he when he's come back. Monte Morris also, it's no, uh, good to note that he has struggled in the last few games, um, both games against Detroit, which is hilarious because I went on the radio and said, oh, Monte gets up for games against Detroit. He's got so many fans watching. And then he played like booty cheeks against Detroit, but um, he gets 10 points tonight uh, against the Nets. I don't worry about Monte bouncing back. I don't even worry about Monte playing bad uh, because he's still, like when he plays bad, we're talking, he's not knocking down his shots. Um, but 
when he's not knocking down his shots, he's still getting good rebounds. He had eight rebounds against the Pistons the other night. Gets four tonight against the Nets. Um, and he's doing other things, like protecting the basketball. So I still appreciate what Monte brings to the floor, even when he's struggling. Next up for the Nuggets is um, part of this road trip. We'll take them to New Orleans on Friday, then Milwaukee on Sunday, then Minnesota, then Utah, and then they're home against New Orleans the following Friday. Um, this road trip added this Brooklyn Nets game, which needed to be made up and kind of threw off the schedule a little bit. Brooklyn also had a back-to-back -back, uh, tonight, so this was the second night of a back-to-back. -back. So I felt like it was at least an even playing field. I did think for a minute there that Brooklyn was going to win it, but I'm glad that they didn't. I'm glad the Nuggets got it together and were able to play some good defense um, against the Nets to get the win. Milwaukee, going to be a tough game. Um, the Timberwolves somehow have been tough lately <laughs> for opponents. And, of course, Utah is going to be tough. New Orleans, on the other hand, probably not so much, but the Nuggets struggled against the Detroit Pistons, who won 11 games, and <laughs> New Orleans won 18. So I don't even want to say that because I just feel like right now, no matter who their opponent is, it's going to be a tough win. They're going to have to show up every single night. And maybe it'll be just good for Michael Malone because that's what he wants to see from his team every night. So now he'll have a reason that he needs to see that every night from his team. So to wrap up today's pod, I did want to do a new segment called This Day in History. And as many of you know, and has been celebrated across the league today, on this day, January 26th, two years ago, we lost... NBA legend, father, Kobe Bryant. This was an incredibly emotional day for those of us covering the Nuggets. We were in the building for a game against Houston that day. Jamal Murray was warming up with Will Barton on the floor when the news of Kobe uh, was tweeted out. I think that's part of why it was such a... Um, such tough news to receive. We received it all in a tweet. Uh, I don't think you expect to hear about someone's death via tweet, but it shook the NBA, shook the world, you could say. I I've never seen an athlete's death affect so many people. The other deaths that remind me of this day are like, I remember the day Michael Jackson died, um, other like iconic people in our history, our world's history. And Kobe was obviously an iconic figure, um, and more importantly, a father to three girls, uh, four girls maybe. Um, but it was a very sad day. So I do want to take a moment to just remember that we were there. We were in, at that time, Pepsi Center. Uh, I was standing on the right sideline watching Jamal warm up. We were getting ready to do a giveaway, a signed Jamal Murray basketball giveaway. 
and we did the giveaway. I was just going to do it with Jamal that day, and then um, Jamal was like, uh-uh, I am not doing that because of how much it affected him. There are a lot of players in the Nuggets locker room who were touched by Kobe Bryant at that time. The ones that stood out to me most were Jamal, who we didn't even hear from that game. Uh, Jamal left the arena prior to anyone talking to him about Kobe. Uh, we never got a chance to speak to him at all about that topic. And I think, you know, someday someone will ask him, and obviously that'll be, it'll be important. But I'm glad that he wasn't asked in that moment just because what a tough day and a tough thing to do, ask, be asked questions about what a person meant to you in the moment of their death when you haven't had a chance to really grieve them. I particularly remember talking to Will Barton, who had also been grieving the death of his cousin at that time. And um, with Kobe being his basketball idol, uh, it was impactful. Um, it was tough. It was tough to listen to what he had to say just about what Kobe meant to him. Um, and I think it's cool that we continue to remember his legacy in the way that he, what he left behind, he, his impact on so many players. Um, tonight after the game, Austin Rivers spoke about the first time he played against Kobe and that he, uh, broke his hand on his forehead. I mean, God, talk about a guy made of steel. Like, if you hit him in the head, you're going to break your hand or break your wrist. It's impressive. Um, just another example of how many people Kobe has touched. And then the other guy that I really remember talking to was uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, who, by the way, was playing in Boston. Who knew? except for that one girl on Twitter who's obsessed with him um, and has all his jerseys. And I can't remember her name right now. But other than that, I had no idea until the Bryn Forge trade that Wancho was even in Boston. But now he's in San, San Antonio. And good for him. You know, I think that'll be a good fit for him. But Wancho that day, January 26, 2020, after the Houston game, I got a chance to talk to him about Kobe Bryant and just what he meant to, Co to to Wancho and what he meant to kids internationally. And what Wancho had to say was so impactful. I think I'll just clip it in here. Bueno, Kobe significaba mucho más de lo que era él como persona. Era casi como una religión. Mamba Mentality ha superado barreras, no solo en baloncesto, sino en el deporte. El perfeccionismo, el trabajo, el superar barreras, eh, la mentalidad que él tenía. Eh, gracias a él, muchos jugadores hemos amado este baloncesto. Nos hemos levantado a las 4 de la mañana muchísimos días para verle a él. Eh, So I realized that was in Spanish and that's not all everything that Wancho had to say, but I'll just quickly translate for those of you who 
don't know Spanish, but this is a bilingual pod, so we leave audio in its first language. Um, he's talking about how Mamba mentality has just um, helped the game of basketball reach internationally, um, how it's overcome barriers for people, not just in basketball, but in all sports, and how many people use that as kind of their tool to push themselves forward in the game. But it's his first statement that really stands out to me. Era casi como una religión. He says, Kobe was way more than just who he was as a person. He was practically religion for basketball fans. And in a, a later part of the clip that I didn't play for you guys, he talks about how every kid, even in Spain, stayed up late at 2, 3 a.m. in the morning just to watch Kobe play. And that they would go and play at outdoor hoops and count down 3, 2, 1 and yell, Kobe, just like all of us here in the U.S. And I just thought it was powerful, like, what he had to say because of how far his reach was, uh, Kobe's reach, was as a player, as a person, um, he impacted our world. And so, on this day in history, he left our world two years ago. So we remember him. I appreciate everybody listening to the Chicken Nuggets podcast on a regular basis. Please download, follow, subscribe, whatever it says on your phone. You know, some places it's different. Um, and it really, I do, I do truly appreciate each and every one of you who listens. And even if you don't want to listen to it, just give it a download. You know, that helps me out for sure. And don't forget to come check out the Super Bowl party up at the Grand Z Casino with me and a few Former Broncos players uh, will be hanging out there playing crafts, 21 and all kinds of stuff. So love to see you guys there and I'll catch you on the next episode.